Well, I'll just project. I'm a speech teacher. Thank you so much, Emily. Um, she is a, a PhD candidate in the Department of English. Um, so, in a moment, we're going to begin with a little tale. So, the role that I ask you to play today is that of the audience. When we watch TV, you are viewers. So, what you see is very important. The audience audio. What you hear is going to be the most important thing today. You can lean back and watch the star show that was um, created uh, just for this experience. Without further ado, these are actors from the Department of Theater at Michigan State University. Act One, Leontes Palace. If you shall chance, Camillo, to visit Bohemia on the like occasion whereon my services are now on foot, you shall see, as I have said, great difference betwixt our Bohemia and your Sicilia. I think this coming summer, the king of Sicilia <laughs> means to pay Bohemia the visitation which he justly owes him. Sicilia cannot show himself over kind to Bohemia. They were trained together in their childhoods, and there rooted betwixt them then such an affection which cannot choose but branch now. The heavens continue their loves. I think there is not in the world either malice or matter to alter it. You have an unspeakable comfort for your young Prince Mamilius. It is a gentleman of the greatest promise that ever came into my note. I very well agree with you in the hopes of him. It is a gallant child, one that indeed physics the subject makes old hearts fresh. They that went on crutches ere he was born desire yet their life to see him a man. Would they else be content to die? Yes. If there were no other excuse, why should they desire to live? If the king had no son, they would desire to live on crutches till he had one. Nine changes of the watery star hath been the shepherd's note since we have left our throne without a burden. Time as long again would be filled up, my brother, with our thanks, and yet we should for perpetuity go hence in debt. And therefore, like a cipher, yet standing in rich place, I multiply with one, we thank you, many thousands more that go before it. Stay your thanks a while and pay them when you part. Sir, that's tomorrow. One seven light longer. Very sooth, tomorrow. We'll part the time betweens, then, and in that I'll no gainsaying. Press me not, beseech you so. There is no tongue that moves none, none in the world so soon as yours could win me. Tongue-tied our queen, speak you. I had thought, sir, to have held my peace until you had drawn oaths from him not to stay. You, sir, charge him too coldly. Tell him you are sure all in Bohemia is well. This satisfaction the bygone day proclaimed. Say this to him, and he's beat from his best ward. Well said, Hermione. To tell that he longs to see his son were strong. But let him say so then, and let him go. But let him swear so, and he shall not stay. We'll thwack him hence with distaffs. Yet of your royal presence, I'll adventure the borrow of a week. When at Bohemia you take my lord, I'll give him my commission to let him there a month behind the jestings prefixed for parting. Yet good deed, Leontes. I love thee not a jar on the clock behind what lady she her lord. You'll stay. No, madam. Nay, but you will. I may not, verily. Verily? You shall not go. A lady's verily is as potent as a lord's. Will you go yet? 
force me to keep you here as a prisoner and not like a guest, so you shall pay your fees when you depart and save your thanks. How say you, my prisoner or my guest? By your dread verily, one of them you shall be. Your guest, then, madame. To be your prisoner should import offending, which for me is less easy to commit than you to punish. Not your jailer, then, but your kind hostess. Come, I'll question you of my lord's tricks and yours when you were boys. You were pretty lordings then. We were, fair queen. Two lads that thought they were no more behind but such a day tomorrow as today, and to be boy eternal. Was not my lord the verier wag of the two? We were as twinned lambs that did frisk in the sun and bleat at one another. What we changed was innocence for innocence. We knew not the doctrine of ill-doing, nor dreamed that any did. Had we pursued that life, and our weak spirits ne'er been reared higher with stronger blood, we should have answered heaven boldly, not guilty. The imposition cleared hereditary ours. Grace to boot! Of this make no conclusion, lest you say your queen and I are devils. Yet go on. The offenses we've made you do will answer. If you first sinned with us, and that with us you did continue fault, and that you slipped not with any, but with us. Is he one yet? He'll stay, my lord. At my request, he would not. Hermione, my dearest, thou never spokes to better purpose. Never? Never but once. Why, that was when three crabbed months had soured themselves to death. Ere I could make thee open thy white hand and clap thyself, my love, then didst thou utter, I am yours forever. Tis grace indeed. Why, lo you now, I have spoke to the purpose twice. The one forever earned a royal husband, the other for some while a friend. Too hot, too hot. To mingle friendship far is mingling bloods. I have tremor cordis on me, my heart dances, but not for joy, not joy. Mamilius, art thou my boy? I, my good lord. It facts? Why, that's my ballcock. What, hast smutched thy nose? They say it is a copy out of mine. Come, Captain, we must be neat. How now, you wanting calf? Art thou my calf? Yes, if you will, my lord. Thou wants a rough pash, and the shoots that I have to be full like me. Yet they say we are almost as alike as eggs. Women say so, that will say anything. But were they false as air-dyed blacks, as wind, as waters, yet were it true to say this boy were like me? Come, Sir Page, look on me with your welkin eye. Sweet villain, my dearest, my call-up, can thy dam, may it be, affection, thy intention stabs the center. What means Cecilia? He seems something unsettled. How, my lord? What cheer? How is it with you, best brother? You look as if you held a brow of much distraction. Are you moved, my lord? No, in good earnest. How sometimes nature will betray its folly, its tenderness, and make itself a pastime to harder bosoms. Looking on the lines of my boy's face, me thoughts I did require twenty-three years, and saw myself unbreached in my green velvet coat, my dagger muzzled, lest it should bite its master and so prove, as ornaments oft do, too dangerous. How like me, thought, I then was to this colonel, this squash, this gentleman. Mine honest friend, will you take eggs for money? No, my lord, I'll fight. You will? Why, happy man be's dole. My brother, are you so fond of your young prince as we do seem of ours? If at home, sir, he's all my exercise, my mirth, my matter, now my sworn friend, and then mine enemy. My parasite, my soldier, statesman all, he makes a July's day short as December, and with his varying childness cures me in thoughts that would thick my blood. So stands the squire office with me, 
We too will walk, my lord, and leave you to your graver steps. Hermione, how thou lovest us, show in our brother's welcome. Let what is dear in Sicily be cheap. Next to thyself and my young rover, he's apparent to my heart. If you would seek us, we are yours in the garden. Shalls attend you there? To your own bents dispose you. You'll be found, be you beneath the sky. I'm angry now. Though you perceive me, not how I give line. Go to, go to. How she holds up the neb, the bill to him, and arms her with the boldness of a wife to her allowing husband. Gone already, inch thick, knee deep, overhead and ears, a forked one. Go, playboy, play. Thy mother plays, and I play too, but so disgraced a part whose issue will hiss me to my grave. Contempt and clamor will be my knell. Go, playboy, play. There have been, or I am much deceived, cuckolds there now. And many a man there is, even at this present, now will I speak this, holds his wife by the arm, that little thinks she has been sluiced in his absence, and his pond fish by his next neighbor, by Sir Smile, his neighbor. It is a body planet that will strike where tis predominant and tis powerful. Think it from east, west, north, and south. Many thousands ons have the disease and feel it not. How now, boy? I am like you, they say. Why, that's some comfort. What, Camillo there? I, my good lord. Go play, Mamilius. Thou art an honest man. Camillo, this great sir will yet stay longer. You had much ado to make his anchor hold. When you cast out, it still came home. Didst note it? He would not stay at your petitions, made his business more material. Didst perceive it? They're here with me already, whispering, rounding. Cecilia is so forth, tis far gone, when I shall gust at last. How came it, Camillo, that he did stay? At the good queen's entreaty. At the queen's be it? Good? Should be pertinent, but so it is, it is not. I think most understand Bohemia stays here longer. Huh? Stays here longer. Aye, but why? To satisfy your highness and the entreaties of our most gracious mistress. Satisfy? The entreaties of your mistress satisfy? Let that suffice. I have trusted thee, Camillo, with all the nearest things to my heart, as well my chamber counsels. Wherein, priest-like, thou hast cleansed my bosom, I from thee departed, thy penitent reformed. But we have been deceived in thy integrity, deceived in that which seems so. Be it forbid, my lord. Divide upon it. Thou art honest, or if thou inclinest that way, thou art a coward or else a fool. Have not you seen, Camillo? But that's past doubt. You have, or your eyeglass is thicker than a cuckold's horn or herd. For a vision so apparent, rumor cannot be mute, or thought for cognitation resides not in that man that does not think. My wife is slippery? If thou wilt confess, or else be impudently negative, to have nor eyes, nor ears, nor thought, then say my wife's a hobby horse, deserves a name as rank as any flax wench that puts to before her cloth trite. Say it and justify it. I would not be a stander-by to hear. My sovereign mistress clouded so without my present vengeance taken. Shrew my heart, you never spoke what did become you less than this, which to reiterate were sin as deep as that, though true. Is whispering nothing? Is leaning cheek to cheek? Is meeting noses? Kissing with inside lip? 
Stopping the career of laughter with a sigh, skulking in corners, is this nothing? Why? Then the world and all that's in it is nothing. The covering sky is nothing, Bohemia nothing. My wife is nothing, nor nothing have these nothings. If this be nothing. Good, my lord, be cured of this diseased opinion. And betimes, for tis most dangerous. Say it be, tis true. No, no, my lord. It is you lie, you lie. I say thou liest, Camillo, and I hate thee. Pronounce thee a gross lout, were my wife's liver infected as her life, she would not live the running of one glass. Who does infect her? Why? He that wears her like her metal, hanging about his neck. Bohemia! Who, if I had servants true about me, that bear eyes to see a like mine honor as their prophets, their own particular thrifts, they would do that which should undo more doing. I and thou, his cupbearer, whom I from meaner form have benched and reared to worship, who mayest see plainly as heaven sees earth and earth sees heaven, how I am galled, mightest bespice a cup to give mine enemy a lasting wink, which draft to me were cordial. Sir, my lord, I could do this, and that with no rash potion, but with a lingering dram that should not work maliciously like poison. But I cannot believe this crack to be in my dread mistress, so sovereignly being honorable, I have loved thee. Make that thy question go rot. Dost think I am so muddy, so unsettled, to appoint myself in this vexation? Sully the purity and whiteness of my sheets, give scandal to the blood o' the prince, my son, who I do think is mine and love is mine, without ripe moving to it, would I do this? Could man so clench? I must believe you, sir. I do, and will fetch off Bohemia for it, provided that, when he's removed, your highness will take again your queen as yours at first even for your son's sake, and thereby foresealing the injury of tongues and courts and kingdoms known and allied to yours. Thou dost advise me, even so as mine own course have set down. I'll give no blemish to her honor, none. My lord, go then, and with a countenance as clear as friendship wears at feasts, keep with Bohemia and with your queen. I am his cupbearer. If from me he have wholesome beverage, account me not your servant. This is all. Do it, and thou hast the one half of my heart. Do it not, thou splittest thine own. I'll do it, my lord. I will seem friendly as thou hast advised me. O oh, miserable lady, but for me what case stand I in? I must be the poisoner of good Polixenes, and my ground to do it is the obedience to a master, one who in rebellion with himself will have all that are his so too. To do this deed, promotion follows. If I could find example of thousands that had struck anointed kings and flourished after, I did not do it. I must forsake the court. To do it or no is certain to me a breakneck. Happy star reign now. Here comes Bohemia. This is strange. Methinks my favor here begins to warp, not speak. Good day, Camillo. Hail, most royal sir. What is the news in the court? None rare, my lord. The king hath on him such a countenance as he had lost some province and a region loved as he loves himself. Even now I met him with customary compliment when he, wafting his eyes to the contrary and falling a lip of much contempt, speeds from me and so leaves me to consider what reading is that thus changes his matters. I dare not know, my lord. How dare not? Do not? Do you know and dare not? There is a sickness which puts some of us in distemper, but... I cannot name the disease, and it is caught of you that yet are well. How caught of me? 
Make me not sighted like the basilisk. I have looked on thousands who have sped the better by my regard, but killed none so. Camillo, if you know aught which does behoove my knowledge, thereof to be informed, imprison it not in ignorant concealment. I may not answer. A sickness caught of me, and yet I well? I must be answered. Dost thou hear, Camillo? Sir, I will tell you. Since I am charged in honor and by him that I think honorable, therefore mark my counsel, which must be even as swiftly followed as I mean to utter it, or both yourself and me cry lost in so good night. On, good Camillo. I am appointed him to murder you. By whom, Camillo? By the king. For what? He thinks, nay, with all confidence he swears, as he had seen it or been an instrument to vice you to it, that you have touched his queen forbiddenly. Oh, then best my blood turn to an infected jelly, and my name be yoked with his that did betray the best. How should this grow? I know not, but I am sure to safer to avoid what's grown than question how tis born. If therefore you dare trust my honesty that lies enclosed in this trunk, which you shall bear along in pond, away tonight. Your followers I will whisper to the business and will by twos and threes at several posterns clear them of the city. For myself, I'll put my fortunes to your service, which are here by this discovery lost. Be not uncertain, uncertain, for by the honor of my parents, I have uttered truth, which if you seek to prove, I dare not stand by, nor shall you be safer than one condemned by the king's own mouth, thereon his execution sworn. I do believe thee. I saw his heart in his face. Give me thy hand, be pilot to me, and thy places shall still neighbor mine. My ships are ready, and my people did expect my hence departure two days ago. This jealousy is for a precious creature. As she's rare, must it be great. And as his person's mighty, must it be violent. And as he does conceive, he is dishonored by a man which ever professed to him why his revenges must in that be made more bitter. Fear overshades me. Good expedition, be my friend, and comfort the gracious queen, part of his theme, but nothing of his ill-taken suspicion. Come, Camillo, I will respect thee as a father if thou bearest my life off hence. Let us avoid. It is in mine authority to command the keys of all the posterns. Please, your highness, to take the urgent hour. Come, sir, away. Act Two, Leontes Palace. Take the boy to you, he troubles me, tis past enduring. Come, my gracious lord, shall I be your playfellow? No, I'll none of you. Why, my sweet lord? You'll kiss me hard and speak to me as if I were a baby still. I love you better. And why so, my lord? Not for because your brows, your brows are blacker, yet black brows, they say, become some woman best, so that there be not too much hair there, but in a semicircle, or a half moon made with a pen. Who taught this? I learned it out of women's faces. Pray now, what color are your eyebrows? Blue, my lord. Nay, that's mock. I've seen a lady's nose that has been blue, but not her eyebrows. Hark ye, the queen your mother rounds apace. We shall present our services to a fine new prince one of these days, then you'd wanton with us if we would have you. She is spread of late into a goodly bulk. Good time encounters her. What wisdom stirs amongst you? Come, sir, I'm ready for you again. Pray you sit by us and tell us a tale. Merry or sad shall it be, as merry as you will. A sad tale's best for winter. I have one of sprites and goblins. Let's have that, good sir. Come on, sit down. Come on and do your best to fright me with your sprites. 
You're powerful at it. There was a man. Nay, come sit down and then on. Dwelt by a churchyard. I will tell it softly. Yon crickets shall not hear it. Come on then and give it to me in mine ear. Was he met there? His train? Camilla with him? Behind the tuft of pines I met them. Never saw a men scour so on their way. I eyed them even to their ships. How blessed am I in my just censure in my true opinion. Alack for lesser knowledge. How accursed in being so blessed. Camilla was his help in this, his pander. There is a plot against my life, my crown. All's true that is mistrusted. That false villain whom I employed was pre-employed by him. He has discovered my design, and I remain a pinch thing. Yeah, a very trick for them to play at will. How came the postern so easily open? By his great authority, which often hath no less prevailed than so on your command. I know it too well. Give me the boy, I am glad you did not nurse him. Though he bears some sign of me, yet you have too much blood in him. What is this sport? Bear the boy hence, he shall not come about her. Away with him, and let her sport herself with that she's big with. For tis Polixenes has made thee swell thus. But I'd say he had not, and I'll be sworn you would believe my saying, however you lean the nayward. You, my lords, look on her, mark her well. Be it known, from him that has most cause to grieve it should be, she's an adulteress. You, my lord, do but mistake. You have mistook, my lady, Polixenes for Laontes. Oh, thou thing, I said she's an adulteress, I have said with whom. More she's a traitor, and Camillo is a federary with her. And one that knows what she should shame to know herself, but with her most vile principle, that she's a bed-swerver, even as bad as those that vulgars give boldest titles, I, and privy to this their late landscape. Away with her to prison. He who shall speak for her is a far-off guilty, but that he speaks. Shall I be heard? Who is it that goes with me? Beseech your highness, my women may be with me, for you see my plight requires it. Do not weep, good fools, there is no cause. When you shall know your mistress has deserved prison, then abound in tears as I come out. This action I now go on is for my better grace. Adieu, my lord, I never wished to see you sorry. Now I trust I shall. My women, come, you have leave. Go. Do our bidding. Hence. Beseech, your highness, call the queen again. Be certain what you do, sir, lest your justice prove violence, in which three great ones suffer, yourself, your queen, your son. For her, my lord, I dare lay my life down, and will do it, sir, please you to accept it, that the queen is spotless in the eyes of heaven, and to you, I mean, in this which you accuse her. If it prove otherwise, I'll keep my stables where I lodge my wife. I'll go in couples with her. Then, when I feel and see her, no farther trust her. For every inch of woman in the world, I, every dram of women's flesh is false if she be. Hold your pieces. Good, my lord. It is for you we speak, not ourselves. You are abused, and by some putter on that will be damned for it. Would I knew the villain, I would land damn him. She be, be she honor flawed. I have three daughters. The eldest is 11, the second and the third, nine and some five. If this prove true, they'll pay for it. By mine honor, I'll geld them all. 
14 they shall not see to bring false generations. They are co-heirs, and I had rather glib myself than they should not produce fair issue. Either thou art most ignorant by age, or thou wert born a fool. Camillo's flight, added to their familiarity, doth push on this proceeding. Yet, for a greater confirmation, for in an act of this importance, twere most piteous to be wild. I have dispatched in post to sacred Delphos, to Apollo's temple, Cleomenes and Dion, whom you know of stuff sufficiency. Now from the oracle they will bring all, whose spiritual counsel had shall stop or spur me. Have I done well? Well done, my lord. Though I am satisfied, and need no more than what I know, yet shall the oracle give rest to the minds of others, such as he whose ignorant credulity will not come up to the truth. So have we thought it good from our free person she should be confined, lest the, the treachery of the two fled hence to be left her to perform. Come, follow us. We are to speak in public, for this business will raise us all. To laughter as I take it, if the good truth were known. Dear gentlewoman, how fares our gracious lady? As well as one so great and so forlorn may hold together, on her frights and griefs, which never tender lady hath borne greater, she is something before her time delivered. A boy? A daughter, and a goodly babe, lusty and like to live. The queen receives much comfort in it, says, My poor prisoner, I am innocent as you. I dare be sworn. These dangerous, unsafe loons in the king, beshrew them. He must be told on it, and he shall. The office becomes a woman best. I'll take it upon me, if she dares trust me with her little babe. I'll show it to the king and undertake to be her advocate to the loudest. We do not know how he may soften at the sight of the child. The silence often of pure innocence persuades when speaking fails. Most worthy madam, I'll presently acquaint the queen of your most noble offer, who but today hammered of this design, but durst not tempt a minister of honor lest she should be denied. Tell her, Amelia. I'll use that tongue I have. If wit flow from it as boldness from my bosom, let it not be doubted, I shall do good. Now be you blessed for it. I'll to the queen. Leontes' bedroom, 23 days later. Nor night, nor day, no rest. It is but weakness to bear the matter thus, mere weakness. If the cause were not in being, part o' oh, the cause, she, the adulteress, for the harlot king is quite beyond mine arm. Out of the blank and level of my brain, plot-proof. But she, I can hook to me. Say that she were gone, given to the fire, a moiety of my rest might come again. Who's there? My lord. How does the boy? He took a good rest tonight. Tis hoped his sickness is discharged. To see his nobleness, conceiving the dishonor of his mother, he straight declined, drooped, took it deeply, fastened and fixed the shame on it himself. Threw off his spirit, his appetite, his sleep, and downright languished. Leave me solely. Go, see how he fares. You must not enter. Nay, rather, good my lords, be second to me. Fear you his tyrannous passion more, alas, than the queen's life? A gracious, innocent soul more free than he is jealous. That's enough. Madam, he hath not slept tonight. Commanded none should come at him. Not so hot, good sir. 
What noise there, ho? No noise, my lord, but needful conference about some gossips for your highness. How? Away with that audacious lady. Antigonus, I charged thee that she should not come about me. I knew she would. I told her so, my lord, on your displeasure's peril and on mine. She should not visit you. What? Canst not rule her? Good, my liege, I come, and I beseech you hear me, who professes myself your loyal servant, your physician, your most obedient counselor, yet that dares less appear so in comforting your evils than such as most seem yours. I say I come from your good queen. <laughs> good queen? Good queen, my lord. Good queen. I say good queen, and would by combat to make her good, so were I a man, the worst about you. Force her hence. Let him that makes but trifles of his eyes first hand me. On my own accord I'll off, but first I'll do my errand. The good queen, for she is good, hath brought you forth a daughter. Here tis, commends it to your blessing. This brat is none of mine. This is an issue of Polixenes. Hence with it and together with the dam, commit them to the fire. It is yours, and may we lay the old proverb to your charge. So like you, tis the worse. Behold, my lords, although the print be little, the whole matter and copy of the father, eye, nose, lip, the trick of its frown, his forehead, nay, the valley, the pretty dimples of his chin and cheek, his smiles, the very mold and frame of hand, nail, finger, and though good goddess nature, which has made it so like to him that got it, if thou hast the ordering of the mind too, amongst all colors, no yellow in it, Lest she suspect as he does her children, not her husband's. A gross hag! And Luzel, thou art worthy to be hanged that wilt not stay her tongue. Hang all the husbands that cannot do that feat. You'll leave yourself hardly one subject. Once more, take her hence. A most unworthy and unnatural lord can do no more. I'll have thee burnt. I care not. It is an heretic that makes the fire, not she which burns in it. I'll not call you a tyrant. But this most cruel usage of your queen, not able to produce more accusation than your own weak hinged fancy, something savors of tyranny, and will ignoble make you, yea, scandalous to the world. On your allegiance, out of the chamber with her. Were I a tyrant, where were her life? She durst not call me so if she did know me one. Away with her. I pray you do not push me, I'll be gone. Look to your babe, my lord, tis yours. Job sent her a better guiding spirit. What needs these hands? You that are thus so tender over his follies will never do him good, not one of you. So, so, farewell, we are gone. Thou traitor, hast set on thy wife to this? My child, away with it. Even thou that hast a heart so tender over it, take it hence and see it instantly consumed with fire. Even thou, and none but thou, take it up straight. Within this hour, bring me word, tis done. End by good testimony, or I'll seize thy life. Which, what thou else calls thine, if thou refuse and wilt encounter with my wrath, say so. The bastard brains with these my proper hands shall I dash out. Go, take it to the fire, for thou settest on thy wife. I did not, sir. These lords, my noble fellows, if they please, can clear me in it. We can, my royal liege. He is not guilty of her coming hither. You're liars all. You, sir, come you hither. You that have been so tenderly officious with Lady Mar Marjorie, your midwife there, to save this bastard's life, for tis a bastard, so sure as this beard's gray. 
What will you adventure to save this brat's life? Anything, my lord, that my ability may undergo and nobleness impose, at least thus much. Upon the little blood which I have left to save the innocent, anything possible. It shall be possible. Swear by this sword thou wilt perform my bidding. I will, my lord. Mark and perform it, seest thou. For the fail of any point in it shall not only be death to thyself, but to thy lewd-tongued wife, whom for this time we pardoned, we enjoin thee as thou art liegeman to us, that thou carry this female bastard hence, and that thou bear it to some remote and desert place quite out of our dominions, and that there thou leave it, without more mercy to its own protection in favor of the climate. As by strange fortune it came to us, I do in justice charge thee on thy soul's peril and thy body's torture, that thou commend it strangely to some place where chance may nurse or end it. Take it up. I swear to do this, though a present death had been more merciful. Come on, poor babe. No, I'll not rear another's issue. Please, your highness, hosts from those you sent to the oracle are come an hour since. Cleomenes and Dion, being well arrived from Delphos, are both landed, hasting to the court. So please you, sir, their speed hath been beyond account. Twenty-three days they have been absent. Tis good speed foretells the great Apollo suddenly will have the truth of this appear. Prepare you, lords, summon a session that we may arraign our most disloyal lady. For, as she hath been publicly accused, so shall she have a just and open trial. While she lives, my heart will be a burden to me. Leave me and think upon my bidding. Act Three, Leontes Palace. Produce the prisoner. It is his highness's pleasure that the queen appear in person here in court. Silence. Read the indictment. Hermione, queen to the worthy Leontes, king of Sicilia. Thou art here accused and arraigned of high treason in committing adultery with Polixenes, king of Bohemia, and conspiring with Camillo to take away the life of our sovereign lord the king, thy royal husband. The pretense whereof, being by circumstances partly laid open, thou, Hermione, contrary to the faith and allegiance of a true subject, didst counsel and aid them for their better safety to fly away by night. Since what I am to say must be but what contradicts my accusation, and that the testimony on my part, no other but what comes from myself, it shall scarce boot me to say not guilty. I appeal to your own conscience, sir. Before Polixenes came to court, how I was in your grace, how merited to be so. Since he came, with what encounter so uncurrent I have strained to appear thus. If one jot beyond the bound of honor, or in act, or will that way inclining, hardened be the hearts of all that hear me, and my nearest of kin cry fie upon my grave. You will not own it. More than mistress of which comes to me in name of fault, I must not at all acknowledge. For Polixenes, with whom I am accused, I do confess I loved him as in honor he required, with such a kind of love as might become a lady like me. With a love even such, so and no other, as yourself commended, which not to have done, I think had been in me both disobedience and ingratitude to you and toward your friend, whose love had spoke ever since it could speak from an infant freely that it was yours. Now, for conspiracy, I know not how it tastes, though it be dished for me to try how. All of it is that Camillo was an honest man, 
and why he left your court, the gods themselves, voting no more than I, are ignorant. You knew of his departure, as you know what you have undertaken to do in his absence. Sir, you speak a language that I understand not. My life stands in the level of your dreams, which I'll lay down. Your actions are my dreams. You had a bastard by Polixenes, and I but dreamed it. As you were past all shame, those of your fact are so, so past truth, which to deny concerns more than avails. For as thy brat hath been cast out, like to itself, no father owning it, which is indeed more criminal in thee than it, so thou shalt feel our injustice, in whose easiest passage look for no less than death. Sir, spare your threats. The bug which you would fright me with, I seek. To me, life can be no commodity. Now, my liege, tell me what blessings I have here alive that I should fear to die. Therefore, proceed, but yet hear this. Your honors all, I do refer me to the oracle. Apollo be my judge. This, your request, is altogether just. Therefore, bring forth, and in Apollo's name, his oracle. You here shall swear upon this sword of justice that you, Cleomenes and Dion, have both been at Delphos, and from thence have brought the sealed-up oracle by the hand delivered of great Apollo's priest, and that since then you have not dared to break the holy seal nor read the secrets in it. All, All this we swear. Break up the seals and read. Hermione is chaste, Polixenes blameless, Camillo a true subject, Leontes a jealous tyrant, his innocent babe truly begotten, and the king shall live without an heir if that which is lost be not found. Now blessed be the great Apollo. Praised hast thou read truth. I, my lord, even so as it is here set down. There is no truth at all in the oracle. The session shall proceed. This is mere falsehood. My lord, the king, the king. What is the business? Oh, sir, I shall be hated to report it. The prince, your son, with mere conceit and fear of the queen's speed, is gone. How? Gone? Is dead. Apollo's angry, and the heavens themselves do strike at my injustice. How now there? This news is mortal to the queen. Look down and see what death is doing. Take her hence. Her heart is but overcharged. She will recover. I have too much believed my own suspicion. Beseech you, tenderly apply to her some remedies for life. Apollo, pardon my great profaneness against thine oracle. I'll reconcile me to Polixenes. New woo my queen, recall the good Camillo, whom I proclaim a man of truth, of mercy. Woe the while, the queen, the queen, the sweetest, dearest creature's dead, and vengeance for it not dropped down yet. The higher powers forbid. I say she's dead, I'll swear it, if word no oath prevail not, go and see. But O oh, thou tyrant, do not repent these things, for they are heavier than all thy woes can serve. Therefore betake thee to nothing but despair. A thousand knees, ten thousand years together, naked, fasting upon a barren mountain, and still winter in storm perpetual, cannot move the gods to look that way thou wert. Go on, go on. Thou canst not speak too much. I have deserved all tongues to talk their bitterest. Say no more. Howe'er the business goes, you have made fault in the boldness of your speech. I am sorry for it. All faults I make when I shall come to know them. 
I do repent. Alas, I have shown too much the rashness of a woman. Thou didst speak but well when most the truth, which I receive much better than to be pitied of thee. Prithee, bring me to the dead bodies of my queen and son. One grave shall be for both. Upon them shall the causes of their death appear unto our same perpetual. Once a day I'll visit the chapel where they lie, and tears shed there shall be my recreation. So long as nature will bear up with this exercise, so long I daily vow to use it. Come, lead me to these sorrows. The Shores of Bohemia. Thou art perfect then? Our ship hath touched upon the deserts of Bohemia. Aye, my lord, and fear we have landed in ill time. The skies look grimly and threaten present blusters. In my conscience, the heavens with that we have in hand are angry and frown upon us. Their sacred wills be done. Go, get aboard, look to thy bark. I'll not be long before I call upon thee. Make your best haste and go not too far in the land. Tis like to be loud weather. Besides, this place is famous for the creatures of prey they keep upon it. Go thou away, I'll follow instantly. I am glad at heart to be rid of the business. Come, poor babe. The storm begins. Poor wretch, that for thy mother's fault art thus exposed to loss and what may follow. Weep, I cannot, but my heart bleeds and most accursed am I to be by oath enjoined to this. Farewell. The day frowns more and more. Thou art like to have a lullaby too rough. I never saw the heavens so dim by day. A savage clamor. Well, may I get aboard. This is the chase. I am gone forever. He exits, pursued by a bear. <laughs> What have we here? Mercy's on a babe. A very pretty babe. A boy or a child, I wonder. A pretty one. A very pretty one. Sure, some scape. Though I am not bookish, yet I can read waiting gentlewoman in the scape. This has been some stair work, some trunk work, some behind the door work. They were warmer that got this than the poor thing is here. I will take it up for pity, yet I'll tarry till my son come. He hollowed, but even now, Hello, hello! Hello! What art so near? What alas, thou man? I have seen two such sights, by sea and by land. But I am not to say it, it is a sea, for it is <coughs> now the sky, betwixt the firmament and it you cannot thrust a bodkin's point. Why, boy, how is it? I would you did, but see how it chafes, how it rages, how it takes up the shore. But that's not the point. Oh, the most piteous cry of the poor souls, sometimes to see them and not to see them. Now, the ship boring the moon with her mainmast, and anon swallowed with yeasts and froth, as you'd thrust a corks into a hog's head. And then for the land service, to see how the bear tore out his shoulder bone, and how he cried to me for help, and said his name was Antigonus, a nobleman. But to make an end of the ship, to see how the sea flap dragged it, but first how the poor souls, souls roared and the sea mocked them, and how the poor gentlemen roared and the bear mocked him, both roaring louder than the sea or weather. <coughs> Name of mercy! When was this, boy? Now, now, I have not winked since I've seen these sights. The men are not yet cold <coughs> underwater, nor the bear hath dined on the gentleman. He's at it now. Heavy matters. 
heavy matters. But look thee here, boy, now bless thyself. Thou messest with things dying, and I with things newborn. Here's a sight for thee, look thee. A barren cloth for a squire's child. Look thee here. Take up, take up, boy. Open it. So let's see, I was told I should be rich by the fairies. This is some changeling. Open it. What's in it, boy? <laughs> you're a maid, old man. If the sins of your youth are forgiven you, you're well to live. Gold, all gold. This is fairy gold, boy, and twill prove so. Up with it, keep it close. Home, home, the next way. We are lucky, boy, and to be so still requires nothing but secrecy. Let my sheep go. Come, good boy, the next way home. Go you the next way with your findings. I'll go see if the bear be gone from the gentleman and how much he hath eaten. They are never cursed but when they're hungry. If there be any left of him, I'll bury it. That's a good deed. If thou mayest discern by that which is left of him what he is, fetch me the sight of him. Mary will I, and you shall help to put him in the ground. Act four. I, that please some, try all, both joy and terror, of good and bad, that makes and unfolds error. Now take upon me, in the name of time, to use my wings, Impute it not a crime that I slide over sixteen years, your patience this allowing. I turn my glass and give my scenes such growing as you had slept between. Leontes leaving, the effects of his fond jealousies so grieving that he shuts up himself. Imagine me, gentle spectators, that I now may be in fair Bohemia, and remember well, I mentioned a son of the king's, which Florizel I now name to you, and with speed so pace to speak of Perdita, now grown in grace equal with wondering. What of her ensues I list not prophecy, but let time's news be known when tis brought forth. A shepherd's daughter, and what to her adheres, which follows after, is the argument of time. Of this allow, if ever you have spent time worse ere now. If never, yet that time himself doth say, he wishes earnestly you never may. It is 15 years since I saw my country. Though I have for the most part been aired abroad, I desire to lay my bones there. Besides, the penitent king, my master, hath sent for me, to whose feeling sorrows I might be some allay, or I overweened think so, which is another spur to my departure. As thou lovest me, Camilla, wipe not out the rest of thy services by leaving me now. Say to me, when sawest thou the Prince Florizel, my son? Kings are no less unhappy, their issue not being gracious, than they are in losing them when they have approved their virtues. Sir, it is three days since I saw the prince. What his happier affairs may be are to me unknown. But I have missingly noted he is of late much retired from court and is less frequent to his princely exercises than formerly he hath appeared. I have considered so much, Camillo, and with some care so far that I have eyes under my service which look upon his removedness, from whom I have this intelligence, that he is seldom from the house of a most homely shepherd, 
A man, they say, that from very nothing and beyond the imagination of his neighbors is grown into an unspeakable estate. I have heard, sir, of such a man who hath a daughter of most rare note. The report of her is extended more than can be thought to begin from such a cottage. That's likewise part of my intelligence, but I fear the angle that plucks our son thither. Thou shalt accompany us to the place where we will, not appearing what we are, have some question with the shepherd, from whom simplicity I think it not uneasy to get the cause of my son's resort thither. Prithee be my present partner in this business, and lay aside the thoughts of Cecilia. I willingly obey your command. My best, Camillo, <coughs> we must disguise ourselves. The white sheep bleaching on the hedge With hay the sweet birds, oh how they sing Thou set my pugging tooth an edge For Cordoville is a dish for a king I have served Prince Florizel and in my time wore three pile But now I am out of service But shall I go mourn for that, my dear? The pale moon shines by night And when I wander here and there I then do most go right If tinkers may have leave to live And bear the skin budget Then my accounts I well may give And in the stocks avouch it my traffic is sheets. When the kite builds, look to lesser linen. My father named me Atolicus, who, being, as I am, littered under mercury, was likewise a snapper-up of unconsidered trifles. With dye and drab, I purchased this comparison, and my revenue is the silly cheat. Gallows and knocks are too powerful on the highway. Beating and hanging are terrors to me. For the life to come, I sleep out the thought of it. A prize, a prize! Let me see. Every leaven weather tods, every tod yields pounds and odd shillings. Fifteen hundred shorn. What comes the wool to? If the spring hold, the cock's mine. I cannot do it without counters. Let me see. What am I to buy for our sheep shearing feast? Three pound of sugar, five pound of currants, rice. What will this sister of mine do with rice? Oh, that I was ever born! In the name of me! Oh, help me, help me! Pluck but off these rags and then death, death! Alack, poor soul, thou hast need of more rags to lay on thee rather than have these off. Oh, sir, the loathsomeness of them offends me more than the stripes I have received, which are mighty ones. And millions. Alas, poor man, a million of beatings may come to a great matter. I am robbed, sir, and beaten, my money and apparel taken from me, and these detestable things put upon me. What, by a horseman or a footman? A footman, sweet sir, a footman. Indeed, he should be a footman by the garments he has left with thee. If this be a horseman's coat, it hath seen very hot service. Lend me thy hand, I'll help thee. Come, lend me thy hand. Oh, good sir, tenderly, good sir. Oh, alas, poor soul. Oh, good sir, softly, good sir. I fear, sir, my shoulder blade is out. How now? Can't stand? Softly, dear sir, good sir, softly. 
You have done me a charitable office. Just like any money, I have little money for thee. No, good sweet sir, no, I beseech you, sir. I have a kinsman not three past three quarters of a mile hence, unto whom I was going. I shall there have money or anything I want. Offer me no money, I pray you, that kills my heart. What manner of fellow was he that robbed you? I knew him once, a servant of the prince. I cannot tell, good sir, for which of his virtues it was, but he was certainly whipped out of the court. His vices, you would say. There's no virtue whipped out of the court. They cherish it to make it stay there, and yet it will no more but abide. Vices, I would say, sir. I know this man well. Some call him Italicus. Oh, out upon him, prig for my life, prig. He haunts wakes, fares, and bear baitings. Very true, sir. He, sir, he. That's the rogue that put me into this apparel. Not a more cowardly rogue in all Bohemia. If you had but looked big and spit at him, he'd have run. I must confess to you, sir, I'm no fighter. I'm false of heart that way, and that he knew, I warrant him. How do you now? Sweet sir, much better than I was. I can stand and walk. I will even take my leave of you and pace softly towards my kinsman. Shall I bring thee on the way? No, good face, sir, no, sweet sir. Then fare thee well. I must go buy spices for our sheep shearing. Prosper you, sweet sir. Your purse is not hot enough to purchase your spice. I'll be with you at your sheep shearing, too. If I make not this cheap bring out another, and the shearers prove sheep, let me be unrolled and my name be put in the book of virtue. These your unusual weeds to each part of you dust give a life. No shepherdess, but flora appearing in April's front. This your sheep-shearing feast is a meeting of the petty gods, and you the queen on it. Sir, my gracious lord, to chide at your extremes, it not becomes me. Oh, pardon that I name them. Your high self, the gracious mark of the land, you have obscured with a swain's wearing, and me, poor lowly maid, most goddess-like pranked up. Even now I tremble to think your father by some accident should pass this way as you did. Oh, the fates, how would he look to see his work so noble, vilely bound up? What would he say? Or how should I, in these my borrowed flaunts, behold the sternness of his presence? Apprehend nothing but jollity. The gods themselves, humbling their deities to love, have taken the shapes of beasts upon them. Thou dearest Perdita, with these forced thoughts, I prithee darken not the mirth of the feast. Or I'll be thine, my fair, or not my father's. For I cannot be mine own, nor anything to any, if I be not thine. To this I am most constant, though destiny say no. Be merry, gentle, strangle such thoughts as these with anything that you behold the while. Your guests are coming. Lift up your countenance as it were the day of celebration of that nuptial which we two have sworn shall come. Come, quench your blushes and present yourself that which you are, mistress of the feast. Come on and bid us welcome to your sheep shearing as your good flock shall prosper. Sir, welcome. It is my father's will I should take on me the hostess-ship of the day. You're welcome, sir. Give me those flowers there, Dorcas. Reverend sirs, for you there's rosemary and rue. These keep seeming and savor all the winters long. 
Grace and remembrance be to you both, and welcome to our shearing. Here's flowers for you. These are flowers of middle summer, and I think they're given to men of middle age. You're very welcome. I should leave grazing, for I of your flock can only live by gazing. Doricles, my fairest friend, I would I had some flowers of the spring that might become your time of day. Daffodils that come before the swallow dares, lilies of all kinds, the flower de luce being one. Oh, these I lack to make you garlands of, and my sweet friend to strew him over and over. What you do still betters what is done. When you speak, sweet, I'd have you do it over. When you sing, I'd have you buy and sell so. So give alms, pray so, and for the ordering your affairs to sing them too. When you do dance, I wish you a wave of the sea that you might ever do nothing but that, that when you move still and do no other function, each you're doing, so singular in each particular, crowns what you are doing in the present deeds, that all of your acts are queens. Oh, Doricles, your praises are too large, but that your youth and the true blood which peeps fairly through it do plainly give you out an unstained shepherd. With wisdom I might fear, my Doricles, you wooed me the false way. I think you have as little skill to fear as I have purpose to put you to it. But come, our dance, I pray, your hand, my Perdita, so turtles pair that are never meant to part. This is the prettiest low-born lass that ever ran on the greensward. Nothing she does or seems but smacks of something greater than herself. Too noble for this place. He tells her something that makes her blood look out. Good sooth, she's the queen of curds and cream. Pray, good shepherd, what fair swain is this which dances with your daughter? They call him Doracles, and he boasts himself. They have a worthy feeding. He says he loves my daughter. I think so, too, for never gazed the moon upon the water as he'll stand in need. As twere my daughter's eyes, and to be plain, I think there is not half a kiss to choose who loves another best. She dances fleetly. She does anything, though I report it, that should be silent. <coughs> if young Doricles do light upon her, she shall bring him that which he does not dream of. Golden quaffs and stomachers, for my lads to give their dears. Pins and poking sticks of steel, what maids lack from head to heel. Come by of me, come, come by, come by. By lads or else your lasses cry, come by. If I were not in love with Mopsa, thou, thou shouldst take no money of me. But being enthralled as I am, it will, it will also be the bondage of certain ribbons and gloves. I was promised them against the feast, but they come not too late now. He hath promised you more than that, or there be liars. He hath paid you all he promised you. Maybe he has paid you more, which will shame you to give him again. Is there no manners left among maids? Come, you promised me a tawdry, lace and a pair of gloves. Have I told you, told thee, how I was cousined, by the way, and lost all my money? And indeed, sir, there are cousiners abroad. Therefore, it behooves men to be wary. Fear not, thou man. Thou shalt lose nothing here. I hope so, sir, for I have me many parcels of charge. What hast here? Ballads? 
This is a merry ballad, but a very pretty one. Let's have some merry ones. Why, this is a passing merry one, and goes to the tune of Two Maids Wooing a Man. There's scarce a maid westward, but she sings it. Tis in request, I can tell you. We can both sing it. If thou it bear a part, thou shalt hear. Tis in three parts. We had the tune on it a month ago. I can bear my part. You must know tis my occupation. Have at it with you. <coughs> Get you hence, for I must go. Where if it's you not to know? Whither? Oh, whither? <laughs> it becomes thy oathful well. Thou to me thy secrets tell. Let me too, let me go thither. Or thou goest to the grange or mill. If to either thou dost ill. Neither. What? Neither. Neither. <laughs> thou hast sworn my love to me. Thou hast sworn it more to me. Then whither ghost say whither. <laughs> we'll have this song out anon by ourselves. <laughs> my father and the gentlemen are in sad talk and will not trouble them. Come, bring away thy pack after me. Wenches, I'll buy for you both. Peddler, let's have the first choice. Follow me, girls. And you shall pay well for them. Is it not too far gone? Tis time to part them. He's simple and tells too much. How now, fair shepherd? Your heart is full of something that does take your mind from feasting. Sooth, when I was young and handed love as you do, I was wont to load my she with knacks. I would have ransacked the peddler's silken treasury and have poured it to her acceptance. You have let him go and nothing marted with him. Old sir, I know she prizes not such trifles as these are. The gifts she looks for from me are packed and locked up in my heart, which I have given already, but not delivered. Oh, hear me breathe my life before this ancient sir, who, it should seem, hath sometime loved. I take thy hand. What follows this? How prettily the young swain seems to wash the hand was fair before. I have put you out, but to your protestation, let me hear what you profess. Do, and be witness to it. And this, my neighbor, too. And he? and more than he, and men, the earth, the heavens, and all, that I were crowned the most imperial monarch, thereof most worthy, were I the fairest youth that ever made I swerve, had force and knowledge more than was ever man's, I would not prize them without her love. For her employ them all, commend them and condemn them to her service, or to their own perdition. But my daughter, say you the like to him? I cannot speak. So well, nothing so well, no, nor mean better. By the pattern of mine own thoughts, I cut out the purity of his. Take hands a bargain, and friends unknown, you shall bear witness to it. I give my daughter to him, and will make her portion equal his. Come, your hand, and daughter, yours. Soft swain, a while, beseech you. Have you a father? I have, but what of him? Knows he of this? He neither does nor shall. Methinks a father is at the nuptial of his son a guest that best becomes the table. Pray you once more, is not your father grown incapable of reasonable affairs? Is he not stupid with age and altering rooms? Can he speak, hear, no man from man, dispute his own estate? Lies he not bedrid and again does nothing but what he did, being childish? No, good sir. He has his health and ampler strength indeed than most have of his age. By my white beard, you offer him, if this be so, a wrong, something unfilial. 
reason my son, my son should choose himself a wife, but as good reason the father, whose all joy is nothing else but fair posterity, should hold some counsel in such a business. I yield all this, but for some other reasons, my grave sir, which tis not fit you know, I not acquaint my father of this business. Let him know it. He shall not. Prithee, let him. No, he must not. Let him, my son, he shall not need to grieve at knowing of thy choice. Come, come, he must not. Mark our contract. Mark your divorce, young sir, whom son I dare not call. Thou art too base to be acknowledged. Thou, old traitor, I am sorry that by hanging thee I can but shorten thy life one week. And thou, fresh piece of excellent witchcraft, whom of force you must know, the royal fool thou coppest with. Oh, my heart! I'll have thy beauty scratched with briars and made more homely than thy state. For thee, fond boy, if I may ever know, thou dost but sigh that thou no more shalt see this knack, as never, I mean, thou shalt, will bar thee from secession. Follow us to the court. Thou, churl, for this time, though full of our displeasure, yet we free thee from the dead blow of it. And you, enchantment, worthy enough of a herdsman, yea, him too, that makes himself but for our honor therein unworthy be. If ever henceforth thou these rural latches to his entrance open, or hoop his body more than thy embraces, I will devise a death as cruel for thee as thou art tender to it. Will it please you, sir, be gone? I told you what would come of this. Beseech you, of your own state take care. This dream of mine, being now awake, I'll queen it no inch farther, but milk my ewes and weep. Why, how now, father? Speak ere thou diest. I cannot speak, nor think, nor dare to know that which I know, O cursed wretch, that knewest this was the prince and wouldest adventure to mingle faith with him? Undone, undone! If I might die within this hour, I have lived to die when I desire. Why look you so upon me? I am but sorry, but not afeard, delayed, but nothing altered. What I was, I am, more straining on for plucking back, not following my leash unwillingly. Gracious, my lord, you know your father's temper. At this time he will allow no speech, which I do guess you do not purpose to him. And as hardly will he endure your sight as yet, I fear. Then, till the fury of his highness settle, come not before him. I not purpose it. I think, Camillo? Even he, my lord. How often have I told you twould be thus? How often said my dignity would last but till twere known? It cannot, it cannot fail but by the violation of my faith. And then let nature crush the sides of the earth together and mar the seeds within. Lift up thy looks. From my succession wipe me, father. I am heir to my affection. Be advised. I am, and by my fancy. If my reason will thereto be obedient, I have reason. If not, my senses, better pleased with madness, do bid it welcome. This is desperate, sir. So call it, but it does fulfill my vow. I needs must think it honesty. Camillo, not for Bohemia will I break my oath to this my fair beloved. Therefore, I pray you, as you have ever been my father's honored friend, when he shall miss me, as in my faith I mean not to see him any more. I am put to the sea with her, who here I cannot hold on shore. Hark, Perdita, I'll hear you by and by. He's irremovable, resolved for flight. Now were I happy if his going, I could frame to serve my turn, save him from danger, do him love and honor, purchase the sight again of dear Cecilia, and that unhappy king, my master, whom I so much thirst to see. Now, good Camillo, 
I am so fraught with curious business that I leave out ceremony. Sir, I think you have heard of my poor services in the love that I have borne your father. Very nobly have you deserved. It is my father's music to speak your deeds. Well, my lord, if you may please to think I love the king, and through him what's nearest to him, which is your gracious self, embrace but my direction. If your more ponderous and settled project may suffer alteration, on mine honor, I'll point you where you shall have such receiving and shall become your highness, where you may enjoy your mistress and marry her. And with my best endeavors in your absence, your discontenting father, strive to qualify and bring him up to liking. How, Camillo, may this, almost a miracle, be done, that I may call thee something more than man, and after that trust to thee? Have you thought on a place where to you go? Not any yet. Then list to me. This follows. If you will not change your purpose, but undergo this flight, make for Cecilia, and there present yourself and your fair princess. For so I see she must be for Leontes. She shall be habited as, habited as it becomes the partner of your bed. Methinks I see Leontes opening his free arms and weeping his welcomes forth. Asks thee, the son, forgiveness, as t'were in the father's person, <coughs> kisses the hands of your fresh princess. Worthy Camillo, what color for my visitation shall I hold up before him? Sent by the king, your father, to greet him and to give him comforts. Sir, the manner of your bearing towards him with what you, as from your father, shall deliver, things be known betwixt us three, I'll write you down. The, sh the witch shall point you forth at every sitting what you must say, that he shall not perceive but that you have your father's bosom there and speak his very heart. I am bound to you, my prettiest Perdita. But oh, the thorns we stand upon. Camillo, preserver of my father, now of me, the medicine of our house, how shall we do? We are not furnished like Bohemia's son, nor shall we appear in Cecilia. My lord, fear none of this. I think you know my fortunes do all lie there. It shall be so my care to have you royally appointed as if the scene you play were mine. For instance, sir, that you may know you shall not want one word. Ha! Ha! What a fool honesty is, and trust his sworn brother, a very simple gentleman. I have sold all my trumpery, no feeling but my sir's song and admiring the nothing of it. So that in this time of lethargy, I picked and cut most of their festival purses, and had not the old man come in with a hubbub against his daughter and the king's son, I had not left a purse alive in the whole army. Who have we here? We'll make an instrument of this, omit nothing, may give us aid. If they have overheard me now, why, hanging. How now, good fellow? Why shakest thou so? Fear not, man. Here's no, in harm. Here's no harm intended to thee. I am a poor fellow, sir. Why be so still? Here's nobody will steal that from thee. Yet from the outside of thy poverty we must make an exchange. Therefore discase thy, thee instantly. Thou must think there's a necessity in it and change garments with this gentleman. I am a poor fellow, sir. I know you well enough. Nay, prithee, dispatch. The gentleman is half flayed already. Are you in earnest, sir? I smell the trick on it. Dispatch, I prithee. Indeed, I have had earnest, but I cannot with conscience take it. Unbuckle, unbuckle. A fortunate mistress, let my prophecy come home to you. You must retire yourself into some covert. Uh, take your sweetheart's hat and pluck it over your brows. 
muffle your face, dismantle you, and as you can, disliken the truth of your own seeming, that you may, for I do fear eyes over, to shipboard, get undescried. I see the place, so lies, that I must bear a part. No remedy. Have you done there? Should I now meet my father? He would not call me son. Nay, you shall have no hat. Come, lady, come. Farewell, my friend. Adieu, sir. Oh, Perdita, what have we twain forgot? Pray you, a word. What I do next shall be to tell the king of this escape and whither they are bound, wherein my hope I shall so prevail to force him after, in whose company I shall review Cecilia, for whose sight I have a woman's longing. Fortune speed us. Thus we set on, Camillo, to the seaside. The swifter speed, the better. I understand the business. I hear it. To have an open ear, a quick eye, and a nimble hand is necessary for a cup purse. A good nose is requisite also to smell out work for the other senses. I see this is the time that the unjust man doth thrive. What an exchange this has been without boot. What a boot is here with this exchange. The prince himself is about a piece of iniquity, stealing away from his father with his clog at his heels. If I thought it was a piece of honesty to acquaint the king with all, I would not do it. I hold it the more knavery to conceal it, and therein I am constant to my profession. She being none of your flesh and blood, your flesh and blood has not offended the king, and so your flesh and blood is not punished by him. Show those things you found about her, those secret things, all but what she has with her. This being done, let the law go whistle, I warrant you. I will tell the king all, every word, and yea, and to his son's pranks too, who I may say is no honest man, neither to his father nor to me, to go about to make me the king's brother-in-law. Indeed, brother-in-law was the farthest off you could have been to him. And then your blood had been dearer by I know how much an ounce. Very wisely, puppies. Well, let us to the king. There is that in this fardel which will make him scratch his beard. I know not what impediment this complaint may be to the flight of my master. Pray heartily he be at palace. Though I am not naturally honest, I am so sometimes by chance. Let me pocket up my peddler's excrement. How now, rustics? Whither are you bound? To the palace and it like your worship. Your affairs there? What? With whom? The condition of that fardel, the place of your dwelling, your names, your ages, of what having, breeding, and anything that is fitting to be known, discover. We are but plain fellows, sir. A lie. You are rough and hairy. Let me have no lying. Your worship have like to have given us one, if you had not taken yourself with this manner. Are you a courtier, and like you, sir? Whether it like me or, or no, I am a courtier. Receives not thy nose court odor from me? I command thee to open thy affairs. My business, sir, is to the king. This cannot be but a great courtier. His garments are rich, but wears them not handsomely. He seems to be the more noble in being fantastical. A great man, I'll warrant. I know by the pickings on his teeth. The fardel there. What's in the fardel? Wherefore that box? Sir, there lie such secrets in this fardle and box which none must know but the king, and which he shall know within this hour if I may come to the speech of him. Age, thou hast lost thy labor. Why, sir? The king is not at the palace. He is gone aboard a new ship to purge melancholy and air himself for. If thou beest capable of things serious, thou must know the king is full of grief. 
So tis said, sir, about his son that should have married a shepherd's daughter. If that shepherd be not in handfest, let him fly. The curses he shall have, the tortures he shall feel, will break the back of man, the heart of monster. Think you so, sir? Some say he shall be stoned, but that death is too soft for him, say I. Has the old man e'er a son, sir? Do you hear and like you, sir? He has a son, who shall be flayed alive, then anointed over with honey, set on a head of a wasp's nest, then stand till he be three quarters and a dram dead. But what talk we of these traitor, traitorly rascals, whose miseries are to be smiled at, their offenses being so capital? Tell me, for you seem to be honest, plain men, well, you have to the king. Being something gently considered, I'll bring you where he's aboard. Tender your persons to his presence. Whisper him in your behalfs. And if it be the, in man beside the king to effect your suits, here is man shall do it. He seems to be of great authority. Close with him. Give him gold. And though authority be a stubborn bear, yet he is oft led by the nose with gold. Show the inside of your purse to the outside of his hand, and do no more ado. Remember, stoned and flayed alive. <laughs> and please you, sir, to undertake this business for us, here is that gold I have. I'll make it as much more and leave this young man in pawn till I bring it to you. After I have done what I promised? Aye, sir. Well, give me the moiety. Are you a party in this business? In some sort, sir. But thou my case be a pitiful one. I hope I shall not be flayed out of it. Oh, that's the case of the shepherd's son. Hang him, he'll be made an example. Comfort, good comfort. We must to the king and show our strange sights. He must know tis none of your daughter nor my sister. We are gone else. Sir, I will give you as much as this old man does when the business is performed and remained, as he says, your pawn till it be brought to you. I will trust you. Walk before toward the seaside. Go on the right hand. I will but look upon the hedge and follow you. We are blessed in this man, as I may say, even blessed. Let's be poor as he bids us. He was provided to do us good. I am courted now with a double occasion, gold and a means to do the prince my master good, which who knows how that may turn back to my advancement. <laughs> I'll bring these two moles, these blind ones aboard to him. <coughs> they may, there may be matter in it. Act five, Leontes Palace. Sir, you have done enough and have performed a saint-like sorrow. No fault could you make what you have not redeemed. Indeed, paid down more penitence than done trespass. At the last, do as the heavens have done. Forget your evils, with them forgive yourself. Whilst I remember her and her virtues, I cannot forget my blemishes in them and so still think of the wrong I did myself, which was so much that airless it hath made my kingdom and destroyed the sweetest companion that ever man bred his hopes out of. True, too true, my lord, not at all, good lady. You might have spoken a thousand things that would have done the time more benefit and graced your kindness better. You are one of those, would have him wed again. There is none worthy. Respecting her that's gone, besides, the gods will have fulfilled their secret purposes. For has not the divine Apollo said, 
Is it not the tenor of his oracle that King Leontes shall not have an heir till his lost child be found? Stars, stars, and all eyes else dead coals. Fear thou no wife. I'll have no wife, Paulina. Will you swear never to marry but by my free leave? Never, Paulina, so blessed be my spirit. Then good, my lords, bear witness to his oath, unless another, as like Hermione in her picture, affront his eye. Good, madam. I have done. Yet if my lord will marry, if you will, sir, no remedy but you will, give me the office to choose you a queen. She shall not be so young as was your former, but she shall be such as watched your first queen's ghost. It shall take joy to see her in your arms. My true Paulina, we shall not marry till thou bidst us. That shall be when your first queen's again in breath, never till then. One that gives out himself, Prince Florizel, son of Polixenes, with his princess, she the fairest I have yet beheld, desires access to your high presence. What with him? He comes not like to his father's greatness. His approach, so odd of circumstance and sudden, tells us tis not a visitation framed, but forced by need and accident. What train? But few, and those but me. Go, Cleomenes, yourself assisted with your honored friends, bring them to our embracement. Still, tis strange, he thus should steal upon us. Had our prince, jewel of children, seen this hour, he had pair well with this lord. There was not a full month between their births. Prithee, no more. Cease. Thou knowest he dies to me again when talked of. They are come. Your mother was most true to wedlock, prince. For she did print your royal father off conceiving you, most dearly welcome. Thou bearing misery, I desired my life once more to look on him. By his command have I touched here in Sicilia, and from him give you all the greetings that a king, at friend, can send his brother. Oh, my brother! Good gentleman, the wrongs I have done thee stir afresh within me. Welcome hither, as is the spring to the earth. Would might I have been, might I a son and a daughter now have looked on such goodly things as you. Most noble sir, that which I shall report will bear no credit were not the proof so nigh. Please you, great sir, Bohemia greets you from himself by me, desires you to attach his son, who has his dignity and duty both cast off, fled from his father, from his hopes, and with a shepherd's daughter. Where's Bohemia? Speak. Here, in your city. I now came from him. I speak amazedly, and it becomes my marvel and my message. To your court, while he was hastening, in the chase, it seems, of this fair couple, meets he on the way, the father of this seeming lady and her brother, having both their country quitted with this young prince. Camillo has betrayed me, whose honor and whose honesty till now endured all weathers. Lay it so to his charge. He's with the king, your father. Who? Camillo? Camillo, sir, I spake with him, who now has these poor men in question. Never saw I wretches so quake. Oh, my poor father, the heavens that spies upon us will not have our contract celebrated. You are married? We are not, sir nor are we like to be. The stars, I see, will kiss the valleys first. Is this the daughter of a king? She is, when once she is my wife. That once, I see. By your good father's speed will come on very slowly. I am sorry, most sorry, you have broken from his liking. For you were tied in duty, and as sorry your choice is not so rich in worth as beauty. 
that you might well enjoy her. Beseech you, sir. Remember, since you owed no more time than I do now, with thought of such affections, step forth, mine advocate. At your request, my father will grant precious things as trifles. Would he do so? I beg your precious mistress, which he counts but a trifle. Sir, my liege, your eye hath too much youth in it. Not a month for your queen died, she was more worked with such gazes than what you look on now. I thought of her even in those looks I made. But your petition is yet unanswered. I will to your father, your honor not overthrown by your desires. I am friend to them and you, upon which errand I now go toward him. Therefore follow me, and mark what, what way I may make. Come, good my lord. Beseech you, sir. Were you present at this relation? I heard the shepherd say he found the child. The oracle is fulfilled, the king's daughter is found. Has the king found his heir? That which you'll hear, you'll swear you see. There was such unity in the proofs. The mantle of Queen Hermione's, her jewel about the neck of it, the letters of Antigonus found with it, the majesty of the creature and resemblance of the mother, and many other evidences proclaim her with all certainty to be the king's daughter. What, pray you, became of Antigonus that carried hence the child? Like an old tale still, which will have matter to rehearse through credit to be asleep, not in ear open. He was torn to pieces by a bear. <laughs> the prince hearing of, or the princess hearing of her mother's statue, which is in keeping of Paulina, a piece many years in doing. Shall we thither with our company peace the rejoicing? Here come those I have done good to against my will, and already appearing in the blossoms of their fortune. Come, boy, I am past more children, but thy sons and daughters will all be gentlemen born. You are well met, sir. You denied to fight with me the other day because I was no gentleman born. See you these clothes? Say you see them and not, and think me still no gentleman born. You are best say these robes are not gentlemen born. <coughs> Give me the lie, do, and try whether I am now not a gentleman born. I know you are now, sir, a gentleman born. <laughs> I and have been so any time these four hours. And so have I, boy. So you have. But I was a gentleman born before my father. For the king's son took me by the hand and called me brother. And then the two kings called my father brother. And then the prince, my brother, and the princess, my sister, called my father father. And so we wept. And there was the first gentleman-like tears that we ever shed. <laughs> we may live, son, to shed many more. I humbly beseech you, sir, to pardon me all the faults I have committed to your worship, and to give me your good report to the prince, my master. Prithee, son, do, for we must be gentle now that we are gentlemen. <laughs> Thou wilt amend thy life. Aye, and it like your good worship. Give me thy hand. I will swear to the prince thou art as honest a true fellow as any in Bohemia. I will prove so, sir, to my power. Come, follow us. We'll be thy good masters. <coughs> Paulina's home. Oh, Paulina, we honor you with trouble, but we came to see the statue of our queen. I keep it lonely, apart. But here it is, prepared to see the life as lively mocked as ever still sleep mocked death. Behold, and say tis well. I like your silence. 
it the more shows off your wonder. But yet speak, first you, my liege, comes it not something near? Her natural posture! Chide me, dear stone, that I may say, indeed, thou art Hermione, or rather, thou art she is thy not chiding, for she was as tender as infancy and grace. But yet, Paulina, Hermione was not so much wrinkled, nothing so aged as this seems. Oh, not by much. So much the more are Carver's excellence, which lets go by some sixteen years and makes her as she lived now. Lady, dear queen, that ended when I but began. Give me that hand of yours to kiss. Oh, patience! The statue's but newly fixed, the colors not dry. My lord, if I had thought the sight of my poor image would thus have wrought you, for the stone is mine, I'd not have showed it. No longer shall you gaze on it, lest your fancy may think anon it moves. Let be, let be. Would I were dead, but that methinks already. What was he that did make it? See, my lord, would you not deem it breathed? And that those veins did verily bear blood. Masterly done, the very life seems warm upon her lip. The fixture of her eye has motion in it, as we are mocked with art. I'll draw the curtain, my lord's almost so far transported that he think anon it moves. Oh, sweet Paulina, let it alone. Still methinks there is an air comes from her. What fine chisel could ever yet cut breath? Let no man mock me, for I will kiss her. Good, my lord, forbear. The ruddiness upon her lip is wet. You'll mar it if you kiss it, stain your own with oily painting. Shall I draw the curtain? No, not in these twenty years. Either forbear, quit presently the chapel, or resolve you for more amazement. If you can behold it, I'll make the statue move indeed, descend, and take you by the hand. But then you'll think, which I protest against, I am assisted by wicked powers. What you can make her do, I am content to look on. What to speak, I am content to hear. For tis as easy to make her speak as move. It is required you do awake your faith. Then all stand still. Are those that think it is unlawful business I am about to let them depart? Proceed, no foot shall stir. Tis time. Descend, be stone no more, approach. Strike all that look upon with marvel, come. I'll fill your grave up, stir, nay, come away. Bequeath to death your numbness, for from him dear life redeems you. You perceive she stirs. Start not, nay, present your hand. When she was young, you wooed her. Now in age, as she becomes the suitor? Oh, she is warm. If this be magic, let it be an art lawful as eating. Please you to interpose, fair madam. Kneel and pray your mother's blessing. Turn, good lady, our Perdita is found. You gods, look down, and from your sacred vials pour graces upon my daughter's head. Tell me, mine own, where hast thou been preserved? Where lived? How found thy father's court? For thou shalt hear that I, knowing by Paulina that the oracle gave hope thou wast in being, have preserved myself to see the issue. There's time enough for that lest they desire upon this push to trouble your joys with like relation. Go together, you precious winners all. Your exultation partake to everyone. I, an old turtle, will wing me to some withered bough, and there, my mate, that's never to be found again, lament till I am lost. Oh, peace, Paulina! Thou shouldst a husband take by my consent, as I by thine a wife. 
This is a match, and made betweens by vows. Thou hast found mine, but how is to be questioned? For I saw her, as I thought, dead, and have in vain said many a prayer upon her grave. I'll seek not far. For him I partly know his mind, to find thee an honorable husband. Come, Camillo, and take her by the hand, whose worth and honesty is richly noted and here justified by us, a pair of kings. Let's from this place. What? Look upon my brother, both your pardons that ever I put between your holy looks, my ill suspicion. This your son-in-law and son unto the king, whom heaven's directing is troth plight to your daughter. Good Paulina, lead us from hence, where we may leisurely each one demand an answer to his part, performed in this wide gap of time since first we were dissevered. Hastily lead away.